Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Be Together, a podcast that's going to keep you informed with everything you need to know as we deal with the pandemic and the impact of coronavirus here in Birmingham. I'm Chris Kovalevsky from the Council's communications team and I'll be acting as your host for this series. This episode will be a two-parter, looking and talking about all things business. In part one, we'll be talking to business owners and representatives from across the business community. In part two, we'll be trying to understand what it will be like for those returning to work and how to keep yourself in the best financial position possible. While all the information provided in this episode remains accurate, please be aware that since this was recorded, as you'll no doubt have heard, Birmingham has been placed into local restrictions. This means that while shops, offices, bars, restaurants and schools all remain open, residents cannot mix with other households either in homes or private gardens unless they're within the same social bubble. First though, let's go to our roving reporter Lauren, who's been out on Sturchley High Street talking to some local businesses. Chris, yes, so I'm out on my local high street of Sturchley today where I'm hoping to speak to some of the smaller independent businesses to find out how the pandemic has affected them. Hello, I'm Dominic. I own Canit and I run it with my wife and we're a small neighbourhood cafe. It's been very difficult because we've had to almost change the whole business model every week for a while um, and we've gone from doing takeaways to meal kits to just sandwiches and then slowly letting people eat in the garden and then eat inside and just been like constantly juggling and changing to in order to do the best we can and and sometimes that's worked very well so in the middle of lockdown we we did really well and had a very busy period and then it's kind of judging how many staff you need to bring back off furlough and it's just a constant like it's a constant battle but it's been quite it's been an interesting challenge it's just getting a bit tiring now and I suppose has there been the right level of support for like your business? Because I think we're just about the right size for the bailout packages that were set out by the government. We were closed down fully for a month and the original the original grant that we got was enough to, to cover those losses that we made. Uh, the furlough scheme's been really, really useful so that we've been able to kind of slowly bring people back as and when we've needed to because of trade. So I can't, yeah, I can't really grumble. I think the bounce back loan's been a very good idea because it's been it's allowed us to kind of reinvest in areas that we wouldn't have been able to. But I worry if there's another if if there's further lockdowns or if things change again. If there's no more support, then there's not really any buffer there to to protect us anymore. So, so I'm Josh from Joshua Shaw and Hair Salon on Sturgeley High Street. We closed for three months, three and a half months actually, sorry, um, and that was a real testing time because we didn't know when we were going to reopen um, and really what help was going to be there. And then reopening, having to reintroduce loads of different measures to keep everybody safe and secure, but also really to keep the business healthy so that we can carry on moving forward. Finding the information was a little bit tricky because it was here and there. There was not really anything that was set out. Um, this was earlier on because I wanted to be ahead of the game really to try and get my salon sorted putting them into place that was quite simple really because I just followed the guidelines that we've been given as general for all of us you know so in terms of sort of the level of support both in terms of guidance financially yeah do you think there has been the right level so I feel like there could have been better support guidelines are constantly changing which I understand the situation is constantly changing but I feel like they've been a little bit a bit messy at times um financially we did have some help but i also don't think that that was enough really for the time that we you know we were closed for and things that we needed to consider plus the times that it took for me to get 
my support was quite far after we'd shut down. So um, luckily we was able to financially carry that cost through just in time for us to get it. But I think it could have been a bit sooner and a little bit more head on. And this is what we're going to do. And this is how you're going to get it rather than it being a bit of a long winded process. In terms of obviously like the COVID numbers are rising both in Birmingham and nationally. Yeah. We've got new sort of household restrictions coming in from government. Yeah. Um, if there were to be sort of a second lockdown or a local lockdown, what yeah. would be the impact? If we had another lockdown, um, the impact would be massive. Maybe that's my fear at the moment because I'm not hearing anything about furlough being reintroduced or anything to be there to support us. I'd like to see that maybe furlough would be there or some sort of help towards staff's wages, especially because, you know, staff have mortgages and children and, and things to look after. and We want to retain jobs as much as we possibly can. So that's my, my biggest fear. I'm hoping that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm Jordan Isherwood. I own Isherwood & Co on Sturchy High Street and we sell flowers and houseplants. So we chose to stay open throughout lockdown, but how we manage that given that our main business is a retail shop where people have to physically come in, we just pivoted every time. So we put everything online, we were doing lots of doorstep deliveries. And then again, when it came to the point that it was safe enough for people to come in the store again, having to swap that all back out. And of course, like every business, making sure that those kind of um, precautions to keeping everyone safe are in place by keeping the distancing, making sure, you know, everything's absolutely spotlessly clean. So the impact it's had, I don't know, I just think it has affected people's confidence for wanting to, like, come out. It has affected people's, obviously, income and how much they want to spend on, ultimately, luxuries. You know, you don't need flowers, you don't need plants. It certainly makes life a bit better. I mean, fortunately, we haven't had to let anybody go, so it hasn't been an absolute nightmare and, you know, losing stuff or anything like that, but it has been hard work just in the fact that you've got to constantly figure out how you can do things, how you can do it safely. You still have to keep, you know, space between staff. It's not as easy as just carrying on as you normally would. You still got to always think about limiting the amount of people in your store and how that's the absolute opposite of being in retail when you want to have as many people in here as possible. So it's kind of affected everything, but we've done our absolute best to, like, make it work. Yeah, Yeah, no, (laughs) what does the future look like for sort of your employees as well? Sure. I mean, the future... I feel like is bright. We do feel confident that that isn't going to kill us just because we've done everything possible to change and adapt to everything that gets thrown our way. We're not willing to throw in the towel. And again, fortunately, we're in an industry where we can do those, you know, make those changes and still trade. And I know a lot of people aren't as lucky as that, you know, they don't have a say in how things go. So we feel like it's not the end of the world. I mean, it's just that concept of uncertainty where there could be a lockdown at any point, any day, and we have to adapt to that. So it's it's still difficult, but I don't think, you know, it's the end. If there's a second lockdown um, or a local lockdown, I'm not too worried about how we're going to change our business because we've already done it one time before. It's just a case of repeating what we did before and just improving it to make sure it works better. My main concern is, again, just consumer confidence and whether they feel comfortable to still come out, whether they actually want to buy anything, just gonna, everything gets thrown back up into uncertainty again. So just a case of rolling with the punches really and just doing the absolute best you can and hoping that you know our customers are still going to be there to support us i think one of the benefits specifically for our business and it's something that we on purpose create from the very start was to make sure that we were in a neighborhood kind of environment where people live 
I feel really grateful that we weren't stuck in the city centre where, you know, it's become a ghost town for many people and people still uncomfortable to go back into the city centre. So I feel in that way, we've still been able to kind of future-proof our business because we're right next door to where people live. We're within, you know, walking distance. And so I feel that gives us some security knowing that we're not in the middle of nowhere, completely cut off from where the people are, especially with the trend that, you know, a lot of people aren't going back into town to shop. You can shop online. People aren't going back into the office because you can work from home. So in that way, I think that businesses on local high streets have a little bit more security. And I mean, finally, it's their time to shine, you know, instead of just being, you know, the one stop shop in the city centre where every beeline's to. So I think maybe in a way it's kind of like evening out the scoreboards or at least there's that another pushback for the independent or those, you know, local businesses that are trying to put back into their community. So, you know, silver linings, it's not great, but I think that there's definitely some pros to come out of this. So, <laughs> it's Ming Nam. I run the Vietnamese restaurant in Sturchley. Uh, it's called Eat Vietnam. The impact on the amount of people we can have in the uh, restaurant, because it's such a small restaurant, we have to take out loads of tables. So we're really running at less than half capacity, but we're just really doing what we can at the moment. I mean, we kind of reduce our, our staffing level and everyone who's kind of coming into work doing longer hours, basically uh, trying out different models and to see what works. I mean, and at the moment, we're still changing the models every week. We were doing a lot of takeout, which we weren't doing before because the restaurant was so busy we just wanted to concentrate on kind of like serving people coming through the door but obviously that's not now possible so we're just doing to hot food takeout it was doing good for a while uh, but people kind of prefer to come in and sit down and have a meal sort of thing really uh, since we started doing that a couple of weeks back it's the response been great but obviously since yesterday uh, with the new uh, announcement and guidelines and all that, people are getting a bit kind of jittery again and mm-hmm. uh, bookings been down again. So we're just waiting and see really. So we've taken all the loan and the, the grant and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we work with what we can really. You know, we have obviously accrued debt that we haven't had before. So we're going to have to, you know, for the next couple of years, we're going to be paying really working into our business plan how we're going to pay all that back sort of thing so but at least we got a chance to kind of work and I know a lot of people in different sectors don't have that chance sort of thing and they're still kind of like sidelined so yeah I mean yeah we're a bit nervous but luckily here everyone's very very supportive of local businesses so we kind of like we should be okay we get to trade so from cafes to florists restaurants to hairdressers As you've heard, it's a bit of a mixed picture, but there does seem to be some optimism for the future and a resurgence for our local high streets as we work our way through this pandemic. Back to you, Chris. Thanks, Lauren. Some really interesting insights there. Today I'm with Councillor Bridget Jones, Deputy Leader at Birmingham City Council, Michelle Wilby, CEO at Coldmore Business District, and Henrietta Brearley, Director of Policy at Greater Birmingham Chambers of Commerce. Hello all and welcome. Hello. 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 So we've just heard from a few businesses. If I come to our panellists now, what's been your experience of dealing with the pandemic and its impact so far? Michelle, can I start with you? 
Yes, of course. Um, it's been, it has been difficult. There's, there's no doubt about it. There's been many challenges for businesses. And what we're particularly experiencing now is because we haven't got a lot of the business community back, it's having a massive impact on our leisure and hospitality venues. So we are trying to work with them, promote what they're doing. The other key thing for us is just continually to be that source of information so people have got accurate information with how, you know where they can get support and things that we can do to help. So, yeah, very challenging, but very impressed, I would say, with um, how businesses are dealing with it. So there's optimism there. And if I can now come to you, Henrietta, we've heard from Michelle there very much at the front line for a part of the city centre. If we look at this scaling it up to a citywide basis, What's your view on this? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, experience is the, the right way to sum up how this uh, pandemic's been for, for us and all businesses. We're similar to Michelle. We're in a strange position of we're simultaneously a, a business and organisation that are delivering services and support that were directly impacted by the pandemic and also needing to be straight on the front foot with helping businesses. You know, no time to think about what's been for us straight on how do we help all those businesses calling in looking for advice and guidance and for the first few months of the pandemic we really ramped that up making sure we got all that information out there up-to-date details on the latest government support advice guidance what businesses need to be doing where they can go and also a lot of problem solving in those initial days as businesses a lot of them in quite significant distress were calling us to say hey this is what's happening what can we do about it though yeah a mix of challenging but also being able to see some direct positive impacts some would probably say a different kind of busy. Oh, absolutely. We've certainly not had a, any time to rest our laurels on this one. <laughs> and as well, you know, like I say, as a business, many of the ways businesses have been disrupted have affected us. You know, we hold major events and conferences. We've had to switch everything we do online, work remotely. So when we talk to businesses, we can say, yeah, we're, we've been through a similar experience ourselves and can help them in a way that perhaps those who haven't been can't. So if we put on a different pair of glasses, but look at this from the city council citywide point of view, how do you think things have gone during lockdown, Bridget? So overnight, we had to pretty much reverse the way that we interact with businesses as a council. So traditionally, our role has been in supporting businesses through things like business improvement districts and other local measures and in collecting in business rates from them. Suddenly overnight, we weren't collecting business rates in, we were giving out money in the form of grants that we were processing by the government and in terms of cancelling business rate bills and refunding things people had overpaid. To date, at the start of September, we've paid out more than £220 million to more than 17,000 businesses across the city. And that when you add that up to the amount that we have cancelled in business rates, we've actually given out almost as much money this financial year as we took in last financial year from businesses across the city, just to illustrate the scale of it. And that's required completely re-engineering our systems and getting in loads of information from businesses we didn't have before. So it's been a really big undertaking for the team. And we've had to change the way that we support people as well. So it's been really rapidly changing legislation on things like street pavement licences for cafes having outdoor seating, for example, and just the meaning of environmental health. Uh, the things we're keeping people safe from health-wise in restaurants and bars is very different now with COVID. And a whole new level of challenge to what we traditionally do with food hygiene and things. So we've been running to keep up really, uh, but trying to do our best to support business where we can. 
the numbers and processes there are just sort of head spinning. So do you think that with all that in mind, 200 plus million, 17,000 businesses supported, that the right level of support and the right kind of support has been available? I think it's been great so far, but where we're seeing businesses fall through the cracks is where they don't qualify for the grants, because it's been quite restrictive, the conditions government has put on us for what we can give out. So ideally, we've got a bit of money left over in the pot. We'd really like to be allowed to spend that locally on businesses we think need help and that are telling us they need help. It's been fantastic having the money, but more flexibility in who can get the grants will be really, really welcome in future funding rounds. Is that something you concur with, Michelle, given that you represent an area that covers Colmore Row and surrounding areas in the city centre? Totally agree with what Bridget just said. I think there have been companies, businesses that have sort of fallen through uh, between the cracks, if you like, and haven't been able to access some funding. We're certainly aware of some of them in um, Colmore and also in the South Side area, which is the gay and Chinese village and the entertainment part of Birmingham. And I think, you know, as Bridget said, it would be really good if, if there is available funding, whether you know that that could be addressed because um, it has been quite difficult and uh, quite stressful for businesses that haven't been able to access the, um, the funding. And Henrietta, obviously, when we think of, of Colmore Business District, we think of the hospitality sector. There's a lot of, sort of office based businesses there, but you look at things more broadly. So what's your take on the level of support as it, as it pertains to a wider range of businesses? I'd absolutely agree with both Bridget and Michelle. Uh, things like the grants have been great for those businesses that have been able to access them and access the level that they need. But there are obviously a lot of restrictions on who can and cannot apply. And also the level of grant that businesses get. It's been sort of tied to fixed commercial property related costs. So there are still some who are very much sort of falling through those gaps. We also know that there's excess demand for those grants. There are going to be businesses that are unable to get a grant because money just simply isn't there, it's run out. So there is a need for more support there to address that. But there are still plenty of businesses that just can't restart. We're not going to know until major events industry can get back up and running at scale and they've got several months lead in time. If you're putting on a big expo or a big performance, they don't just restart overnight. So they're not going to be back up and running at full capacity, even when government advice tells them they can be for some months yet. The tourism and travel industry with the constant changes that we're seeing around the rules on quarantine and actually even in the manufacturing sector the automotive supply chain was heavily disrupted during this as a result of the fall of demand for cars as you can imagine people from china to the uk the world over in their homes not really uh, buying new cars and thinking about that sort of thing the knock-on effect that has for the region is huge given the number of small manufacturers that supply into the big guys like jaguar land rover that are based here so there are a lot of businesses that were impacted who perhaps weren't at the centre of some of the support that was made available or fell through those gaps. And if I could just pick up one point you made there, and I think it's, it's an initiative that cuts across all sectors, and that's the furlough scheme. Do you think that there should be a look at that and a consideration of an extension beyond the end of October? Definitely. For those businesses that can't restart, so businesses that can effectively demonstrate that roles are not viable purely because of coronavirus rules and regulations. And whether that's in, say, organisations like a lot of charities have conferencing parts to the business where they generate income from holding events and conferencing and individuals who are responsible for that, who currently cannot go ahead with delivering that sort of thing. Those roles where they are not viable at present, but were before and will be again once this uh, current period comes to an end, I'd like to see an extension of the coronavirus job retention scheme for them. 
So as I say, the, the front line of it, say the, the major exhibition halls, et cetera, they're just the tip of the iceberg. And sitting underneath that, you've got companies that do everything from manufacturing supply expo stands, coordinate events, to delivering catering to corporate events, all of that sort of thing. Those businesses are still really waiting to be able to get back up to full speed. An ongoing access to coronavirus job retention scheme would mean that we could keep those skills, keep those talents in those industries so that they're ready to get back up and running once the situation changes. And Bridget, I guess out of anybody that is on this podcast today, you're a politician here within the confines of Birmingham City Council. Any decision around furlough is something that sits within central government. Is there any sort of message that you have there? I'd absolutely back up what Henrietta is saying. There are some industries that are doing fine without furlough now, but there are loads that still desperately need it. And October was a date set at the beginning of the pandemic when we didn't know um, how things would play out, we didn't know how severe it would be, and that that date hasn't been revisited yet. And I think it needs to be because the reality of it is playing out in quite a devastating way for those industries. And I think I'd add to that as well, the need to reintroduce furlough in areas of local lockdown. So if we are seeing areas where pubs and restaurants are being told to close potentially, uh, or other industries are having to shut down again, and furlough needs to be offered again to those areas to make sure those industries survive out the other end because it's not fair to those businesses that they should have to be impacted in that way when they're ordered to shut. Since recording this podcast, the Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, has addressed the question I put to our guests on whether furlough should be extended. In very simple terms, the job support scheme will run for six months from November the 1st. It will top up salaries in firms which can't take employees back full time. And to be eligible, employees must work for at least one third of their normal hours. For the hours that aren't worked, the government and the employer will each pay one third of the remaining wages. This means an employee would get at least 77% of their pay. For more details, please check out the government website, gov.uk. And Michelle, if I can come over to you, it's a slightly different question moving on from furlough. Do you think that are there any additional measures that you would like to see in place that would help business beyond those that Councillor Jones may have just referred to there? I think we need to continue with having the clear and simple access to any assistance to anything that's coming from central government, which um, Birmingham City Council and in fact the Chamber have been very effective in terms of disseminating information. But we need to look at how people can apply for grants and maybe we should be looking at digital workshops in terms of as people are still working from home. I think that could actually be quite beneficial to businesses and we need to be able to plan, you know, with any policy changes that are being made at a central and local level and actually effectively get that information out. As I said in the introduction, businesses for the most part are open again now, um, but there's still the threat of COVID-19. It's around, it's there, it's in our neighbourhoods, it hasn't gone away, and there's no sign of it disappearing anytime soon. And that's the view of many experts. So now there's an opportunity for, for you to let me know what you think the public should be doing to support businesses and the economy whilst we all keep ourselves safe and healthy. Councillor Jones, if I can start with you. So the first thing is get out and support local businesses. Go to your local cafe for a coffee, go out for dinner, get a takeaway support the people who were there for you before the pandemic and are relying on you afterwards it's good for not just for you but good for them but do it safely so always 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 if you can wear a face covering on public transport in public enclosed places like shopping malls and supermarkets wear it with pride because that's first of all what keeps you the most safe 
If you've got a business that's got um, hand gel outside, as most businesses will these days, make sure you use it on the way in to keep you safe and keep the staff safe as well. And make sure that you're abiding by distancing rules as well. So try and stay two metres away from other customers if you can, other people sitting at tables to make sure you've got a safe distance. And think as well about how you're going to get there. If you can walk or cycle there, fantastic, keeps you healthy, keeps you fit, means that if you do get the virus, you'll be in a better place to fight it and also reduces congestion. If you're going to get the bus, make sure you've got some hand gel with you and make sure you're wearing your mask. The best thing you can do to keep businesses open and keep the economy going is to abide by the rules. That's what keeps us out of lockdown and that's what keeps cases from rising. Planning and preparation, they're the two words that come to mind there as a result of Councillor Jones's answer. So from a business perspective, if I can come to Michelle, what are the key things for businesses and I guess people going to businesses to be looking out for? It's really to, as, as Bridget said, to take COVID seriously. People need to be vigilant and careful. But the other key thing for the business district and for the whole of the city centre is as much as we can, we need to have business as usual. Uh, we need to be safe, but we also need to keep the economy moving. And businesses are working really hard to, to continue to deliver in these new challenging and uncertain times. And people, when they're visiting the businesses, need to have confidence, but they need to bear in mind that there may be some disruption. So if you are visiting a restaurant, you can't get in because they're at capacity. People need to be understanding about that and realise that they just need to politely just go and try and get in somewhere else because uh, I think we've had some press uh, exposure to people being quite sort of quite difficult about that on occasions and also people need to accept that your experience is probably not going to be quite like it was before so you need to be understanding with that so I think the key thing is if you visit a business in person follow the rules to keep yourself and the staff safe in wherever you're visiting as you may only be in the business for a few moments, but staff are actually working there for a full shift. Henrietta, obviously you cover the greater Birmingham area, so it's not just Birmingham and that involves travel to work areas and all those sorts of aspects. So is there anything that you've got to say on advice regarding any cases of COVID in the workplace? Yeah, so the main thing for employers is make sure you're supporting your staff and self-isolating. So if someone in your workforce has suspected symptoms, and I think we all know pretty well what they are by this point, so temperature, continuous dry cough, any change in sense of taste or smell, uh, if anyone in your workplace is showing those symptoms, get them out there, get them home, make sure that they uh, call up the NHS test and trace to get a test ordered, make sure you clean down the area that they've been in, and then uh, if the test is positive, support any other employees in your workforce that may also need to self-isolate. You know, this, this is pretty serious. It may seem like uh, a bit inconvenient to have someone out of the business for a couple of weeks, but trust me, it would be a lot more inconvenient to get a COVID outbreak in your business and it potentially uh, having to close if it's severe enough. So make sure you're supporting them and self-isolating. And then if you do identify more than one case in your workforce, if you get a couple of lawyers uh, point to test positive, uh, make sure you contact the local health protection team as well to support that. There's details of that available on UK. So as I say, it may it may feel like a, a bit big inconvenience at the time, but it's a lot better to be safe than sorry, and also make sure that there isn't going to be an outbreak in your business. 
sounds like a future career in public health maybe beckoning for you with all those <laughs> key points there um, if, if i come to um, bridget obviously as the local authority we do have direct responsibility for elements of public health so is there anything you'd add on this so the last thing we want to do is be out there shutting down places because they're not following the rules but ultimately the thing we want even less than that is for people to get sick and for them to get covid so where we do have businesses that aren't following the rules and we've got evidence to show that we will be taking action to make sure that they are and to shut them down if necessary and the reason i say that is because it's for the good of all the other businesses that are following the rules it's in order to keep all the other places open it's in order to keep open all the other things that make us feel alive and make it worth living in the city and make it a fantastic place we use those powers sparingly, uh, but we do use them to keep the public safe. And we do encourage people, if you do find somewhere that's breaking the rules, to let us know so that we can root out the bad apples and make sure that the rest of the economy and the rest of our businesses, the rest of our cafes and restaurants can keep on opening safely uh, without COVID spreading in our community. Right, we're coming to the end of the podcast now. So some quick thoughts from the three of you on how you're feeling about the future for businesses and all of their employees here in Birmingham. Michelle, over to you. I feel positive. I think the more we learn, the better we will survive and thrive in the city centre. Henrietta. Similar, pretty positive. I mean, it's a bit of a weird time at the moment, let's be honest. And there's a lot of figuring out what comes next and trying to see, will there be further outbreaks? When will the vaccine be available? What does it all mean? And then you throw in on top of that, of course, the end of the Brexit transition period on the 31st of September. And there's a lot of, in the short term, a bit of, bit of murkiness of what's going to happen over that short term period. But longer term, I mean, the, the city region is such a fantastic place to live and work. It's been going up and up in recent years. The business community has been going from strength to strength. Uh, and we've got some great positive things on the horizon. So, you know, just over the border, we've got Coventry City of Culture next year. And we've got Birmingham 2022, the year after that. HS2 is still continuing to power ahead. And while it may split the, uh, the opinion of the public, businesses, there's no denying that it adds to the investment pace. So short term, it's, it's still a lot of questions out there. And we're going to be working hard to help businesses every step of the way with whatever comes next. But long term, this region is a pretty cracking place to be. It will bounce back and there's a bright future ahead. And last but not least, Bridget? your forecast for the future of businesses and employees in Brom? So Henrietta's right, there's so much to look forward to on the horizon. With Commonwealth Games coming and the city growing and growing, and I know that it will be great as long as three things happen. The first is that we keep believing in our local businesses, visit them, spend your money in local businesses, order in from them. If you don't feel comfortable going there, you can get some great locally brewed beers, you can get fantastic takeaways, great locally produced products delivered to your doorstep. Second of all, the government needs to make sure it extends support schemes like furlough um, where it needs to for the sectors that can't recover, make sure that business grants get out to all those sectors that need it. And thirdly, we've just got to all keep following the rules. Keep your mask on in the places you should wear a mask. Keep washing your hands and hand sanitising when you go into new places. Keep your distance from people outside of your household. As long as those three things happen, I know that we will do great. So there we have it, a clean sweep of optimistic forecasts for the future. That's everything from us. Bridget, Henrietta, Michelle, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. For those of you listening, I hope this has been useful too. Remember, if you have any questions, please get in touch with us on social media 
via the City Council's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn accounts. And please do use the hashtag Let's Be Together. We look forward to speaking to you again soon and please keep safe. <music>